squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sorry, Fox News. This debate is going to be uh, no biggie, no big deal tomorrow night. I mean, all right, they're hyping the hell out of it. Everybody is, all the networks, even though it's on Fox. I am mildly curious, but let's face it, it's going to be a dud. Trump's not going to be there. Uh, they'll talk about him. They'll show clips of him. They'll uh, badmouth him. Yet they're not going to let anybody from Team Trump show up and enter what they call the spin room. There's a... There's a little room off to the side after the debate, and they all go in there and they say what a great job they did. And if the candidate himself doesn't say that, uh, you know, his deputy or some staffer, some PR guy says it for him. And it's called the spin room. It's a ritual. They won't let anybody from Trump world into that room. And uh, that's just a low blow. It's just uh, that's petty. I mean, you know who was once in that room? I think the naked cowboy. They let they let the naked cowboy in the spin room. I saw that one year. I think it was two thousand eight, two thousand. Like all kinds of characters show up there. The naked cowboy wasn't debating, but they let him in the spin room. You're allowed to go in the spin room. Let him in the spin room. I want to see Donald Trump Jr. in the spin room. I want to see all those guys. Um, anyway, uh, you know, Fox has been terrible in all this. Absolutely reprehensible. I see all day long these little dimwits on, on television saying what they think President Trump should do. He should come to the debate. It's a, pol- it's political malpractice. That's, that's a talking point. The, uh, it's political malpractice for him to not come to the debate. He's doing himself an immense disservice. What do you people know? None of them. I mean, two have any real experience in politics uh you know brett bear martha mccallum these these are people who just show up and get on tv and the makeup and okay give me my notes and let me talk and i mean let me read let me read just give me something to say and i'll say it whatever all right please what does the boss want okay what does the boss's bosses want what are the rupert murdoch wants glenn youngkin got it okay wait no he wants desantis still got it oh he switched back to glenn youngkin got it oh wait he hates trump got it that's uh, that's the way it works over there. And uh, as far as uh, uh, the people, <clears throat> they fool you over there at Fox with the country music in the morning and the all shuck stuff and, you know, focusing on 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 the culture war stuff, which is real. But they're just doing it to placate an audience, not to actually change anything, because they all have it made. They're all set, just like that promo said. They just want their big fat paychecks and uh, they don't want to get fired like Tucker Carlson. So. Uh, the debate, I will, uh, oh, I guess I'll watch it. I, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping Vivek, I, I, I like, I like the guy Vivek. I do, I do, I know. There are reasons to not like him. There are reasons to not think he can be president. Number one, 37 years old. So, um, there's that. Hey, everybody, please, you fake news people trying to scare us, trying to say Donald Trump is threatening people. He's not threatening anybody. All right. Cool it. Cool it with this stuff. It's almost like you're willing something. You want something bad to happen. Wolf Blitzer, who's been trying to set the country on fire since he showed up in 1989. He's always trying to get you to worry about everything. Where was he here? This is the uh, Judge Judge Chutkin. Judge Chutkin. Hey, you indict the President of the United States. You're going to feel a little bit of heat. I wish that weren't the case, but you know what? Things happen. Cut 15. There's breaking news we're following right now. A Texas woman has been charged 
with threatening in a voicemail to kill the federal judge overseeing the criminal case against former President Donald Trump over his attempts to try to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Oh, my God. How can that happen? How can such a thing be happening? It is the worst thing in the world. Not really. All right. This is uh, this is life in the fast lane. This kind of stuff happens when you're famous, when you're associated with a controversial cause, even if you're not associated with a controversial thing. Uh, weirdos are going to call you up and say stuff. Ask Baron Trump. I see uh, um, Wolf Blitzer is not worried about Baron Trump. Some nut job in Italy said uh, she was going to shoot Baron Trump. Um, did I say Italy? Actually, I meant Illinois. Illinois. Uh, have you heard about that? No. No, you haven't, right? Because it's um, it's it's Trump. Trump gets threats all the time. Trump gets more threats than anybody. You don't you don't see him crying about it. It's life in the fast lane. These things happen. I don't want anything bad to happen to Judge Chutkin or anyone else. And security should be uh, enhanced, and nobody should be making such phone calls or certainly doing anything. But this is America, 300 million people, and out of 300 million people, how many how many of those do you think are real certifiable nut jobs, right? How many weirdos do we have? I mean, easily a million, probably 3 million, maybe 30 million, 10%. Is that fair enough? Something like that. Who remembers Johnny Carson? He was great. He was so good. He was really, I, I, I enjoyed him very much. I got the tail end of it. I got the tail end of his, uh, his career. But I don't know. There was an ease about him, and he was funny, and he was obviously, he seemed to be enjoying himself. I hear he was really an unhappy man, though, and alcohol and whatever, and uh, going through the wives. And, but who knows? Who knows? I thought he was um, very good. So Johnny Carson had a file. They had a file at the FBI, not on Johnny Carson, but on all the nut jobs who wanted to kill Johnny Carson. What could be wrong with Johnny Carson? He came out, he told jokes about everybody, the left, the right, and they were not the jokes of today. And obviously he didn't curse. He was on network television. It was funny, witty, not not over the top. It was just fine. Listen to this. This is from 2005. Johnny Carson was a barrel of laughs on TV, but fear stalked him off the set with wacko after wacko threatening to murder the king of late night FBI documents reveal. This is a big story I found. It's back in 2005 in the Post. Carson was dogged by a terrifying series of letters that told him he'd be shot dead, blown up, or otherwise assassinated. A 615-page file the FBI kept on the dozens of threats against Carson from the 1970s and 1980s was reviewed by the Post. I mean, man, that's a... If it's going to happen to him, it's going to happen to Judge Chutkin. Quite frankly, it happened to me a couple of times. It's just this, this is, this is the life we've chosen, Judge. All right. And since you're going along with this charade, you know, you're actually saying that Donald Trump belongs in court in January, two days before the Iowa caucus. It's going to make some people mad. It's made me mad. I'm not going to do anything about it other than maybe write you a nasty letter complain about you on TV. I mean, maybe someday if I really felt like it, going down there with the picket line and demonstrating lawfully on the sidewalk. But beyond that, there's not much we can do. There's not much we should do, to be honest. I don't want anybody engaging in violence anywhere. But you guys hyping up the threat of violence, you're doing it for a reason. 
You're doing it to besmirch MAGA. Oh, we have to be afraid of MAGA. They're coming. Well, you're so dishonest because people come after MAGA all the time. You, you never hear about that. You think Donald Trump doesn't get death threats? You think he... I, <laughs> 615 pages. 615,000 pages of death threats. A guy, uh, he's very well protected, and that's good. Hey, you know who else should be well protected? Robert F. Kennedy Jr., why the hell are we playing around tempting fate? The guy is running for president. I think there are special circumstances when it comes to Robert F. Kennedy. He's running for the Democrat nomination. He's getting attention. He's got more of a chance than the fake news wants you to know because Joe Biden is an absolute and utter disgrace. We all saw that. He happens to have always been. And I hear people saying, well, you know, the dementia is really catching up to him after what he did in, uh, in Hawaii. He's always been like this. He's always been. Um, uh, self-absorbed, tone deaf, um, and the worst kind of guy. Sorry. Uh, it really was bad. It was bad. Let's see here. Do we have all the weird stuff? Here's a little bit of gibberish. He finally gets to, oh, what, what the deal is about Robert F. Kennedy. He needs Secret Service protection. So I don't know if it's letter of the law or custom or tradition or whatever. You actually don't get Secret Service protection until you become your party's nominee. Well, you're going to say that to uh, Robert F. Kennedy's family after he gets shot? We don't want him to get shot. But if history is any indicator, that guy's got a big freaking target on his back. All right? He lost his uncle. He lost his um, his father to an assassin's bullet. Now he's running. I think that somebody out there... Uh, you know, it just, uh, it kind of makes sense. Judge Chutkin has protection. Donald Trump has protection. Joe Biden has protection. Barack Obama has protection. Hillary Clinton has protection. Give some to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. We're supposed to be a, a, a country of resources. I think we have the, uh, the bandwidth to do that, don't you? All right. So, um, watching Joe Biden yesterday in Maui, he got booed. The people were like so fed up with this guy. And remember last week he said no comment? What do you think of what's going on in Maui? No comment. I was watching the press conference. Lucky for him it happened at 6.30 at night after the news shows already started. Although then again, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have reported any of this because they, they protect him. They build up Biden and they uh, do anything they can to hurt Trump. But he's standing in basically a nuclear winter war zone. And I don't know about this fire thing. I mean, it looks like, yeah, it looks like laser guns were used. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know what happened there, but we're not getting this. We're not getting the full story. Um, and Joe Biden has to bring up himself. Cut 15. I'm sorry. Make that cut five. Pardon me. I remember when I got the call, my first wife and daughter. I was a young senator and I got a call in Washington. I hadn't been sworn in yet. I wasn't old enough. And I was hiring Stop! staff in the Capitol. You see how he's bragging already about, like, you know, he got reminding everybody he was elected senator at 29, which is like a big deal in his brain. Everybody, nobody cares anymore. Nobody cares. Wow, he's bragging every step of the way. I was not even old enough to be a senator. I wasn't sworn in yet. I wasn't old enough. Shut the freaking hell up. These people have lost everything. There's no end in sight for them. They don't know what's going to happen next. All you come up with is 700 bucks. And you're bragging about some stupid election from some state the size of uh, a county 
1972, no less. Hey, if you're out there and you have a dream, you if you really want to be a senator from Delaware, you can make that happen. Anybody can make that happen. Joe is lucky enough to make it happen for himself and only himself. Keep going. Sorry. And I was hiring staff in the Capitol at Teddy Kennedy's office. And I got a phone call Another, saying. And, uh, name dropping. Name drop. Teddy Kennedy. Nobody freaking can. He's standing in front of nuclear winter. Those You saw those cars, how they're fried. I've never seen. That, that doesn't look like a fire, right? All those cars like frozen. Looks more like a like the, the, the volcano at Pompeii. Was that it, right? Where all those people froze. Keep going. From my fire department, a young first responder kind of panicked. You got to come home. There's been an accident. So what happened? He said, your wife, she, she, she's dead. Come home. Come home. The tractor trailer had broadsided her and uh, uh, killed her in a car accident along with my little daughter. And uh, I remember all the way down from Washington home wondering what a lot of people here are wondering. What about my two boys? How are they? They were in the car. I never got a read on that. Were they going to be all right? They were badly injured. Were they going to make it? Had they made it? Until I walked into the emergency room and I saw that they were there. The difference between knowing somebody's gone and worrying whether they're available to come back are two different things. Uh, tell, uh, don't tell us more, Joe. Don't tell us more. Um, we've, we've all heard the story. It was a long time ago. Everybody's experienced some sort of loss. And for him, under those circumstances, to talk about that in that level of detail is a narcissistic sociopath. There's something very, very wrong with this guy. And he's been that way for a very long time, really, ever since he got to politics, right? 29. Wow, you think you're something special. He's thought he's been the most important man in every dinky little room he's been in. Uh, for a very long time, and it goes to your head. It makes you weird. It makes you stupid. It makes you, and he has nothing to, there's nothing that rates that. You know, Donald Trump, you know what? He's got some ability. He's got, so he's put his ass on the line. You know, he's actually <laughs> gambled it, lost it, got it back again. You know, he's got stuff going on. Joe has that big, stupid, phony smile and a handshake and BS stories from uh, a million years ago. That's all he's got. And it's nothing. And we can all see it now. There was a time in the 70s and 80s where that kind of stuff would could get you through the day. Could actually You could actually do that. You didn't have people with the Internet. You didn't have people to fact check. You didn't have people to freaking commiserate with each other and say, can you believe this? We only had the New York Times and the Washington Post to say, you know, President Biden made remarks in Maui. Um, what else happened that was really crazy? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, this thing about uh, the fire. You ever notice the guys with the... <laughs> there are guys with guitars for some reason right behind him. And they're looking at each other like, what is he talking about? Cut four. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was... In Washington, doing Meet the Press. That was a sunny Sunday. See what I mean about dropping names? Here he is. I was on a, a, a national talk show. This is something else that we can, that has been debunked. All of it's been debunked, and he didn't lose a home. We once had a grease fire in my house, too, Joe. It doesn't mean I understand Maui any better than the people who've been affected. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. 
Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, did you hear about this guy in Whitestone, Queens, uh, who was just convicted of attempted murder? I knew nothing about this case. Um, I ju- I'm just finding out about it now that he's convicted. Uh, Cavaluzzi is his name. And back in 2020, he, let's see here, um, he took his car and he ra- tried to run over a bunch of um, Black Lives Matter protesters in Queens. That's what they say. Uh, Frank Cavaluzzi, wearing a glove fitted with serrated blades, accosted a peaceful group of demonstrators in Whitestone, Queens, in June of 2020. A Queens man who menaced a, this is in the Times, a peaceful group of Black Lives Matter protesters with a bladed glove and then drove his car at them, faces a long prison term after being convicted on nine attempted murder counts and other charges. The man, Frank Cavaluzzi, was found guilty after a two-week trial. Belinda Katz, the Queens DA, is happy. Uh, a dangerous man is going to jail, she said. It's a good day for New York and the First Amendment. Mr. Cavaluzzi's lawyer, Michael Horn, attributed his client's behavior during the June 2020 episode to mental illness and to what Mr. Horn described as Mr. Cavaluzzi's uneasiness over the present state of New York City. The world will see this case as about politics, Mr. Horn said, but I see it as a single man with mental health challenges struggling to understand the evolving city where he lives. The confrontation for which Mr. Cavaluzzi was charged occurred as people took to the streets in New York and other U.S. cities to protest police abuses and systemic racism following the killing of George Floyd, a black man, capital B, by a Minneapolis police officer in May of 2020. Look, I looked at the videotape. This is all new to me. I do believe he uh, committed a crime. I also believe he's mentally ill. I, I see these promos all the time on TV. Stop the stigma, right, about mental illness. Uh, a lot of people really lost it during COVID. I'll have more on this in a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly, Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, hey. Uh, sorry about that. Hello. 
Um, who remembers uh, this guy Steyer, uh, the weirdest dude in the world? He never, ever, ever blinks. He's uh, a mega millionaire. Right now, Joe Biden is his tenant. He's actually staying. Joe Biden is staying in his house on Lake Tahoe. What a weird arrangement. And the White House is going out of their way to say this time, this time he's paying rent. This time Joe Biden is paying fair market value, as opposed to all the other times that he got a, a freebie. He does love freebies. Most politicians love freebies. And back when Joe became a politician in the early 1970s, you weren't expected to pay for a damn thing for the rest of your life. These guys never even walked around with cash, except the cash that they were handed in envelopes. I mean, they did not have to. Everything was on the house. Everything was on the house. 1973, January of 1973, that's when Joe Biden becomes a U.S. senator. And a U.S. senator, that was... If you're not a millionaire, you're going to be a millionaire real soon. Uh, watch for Joe Biden. I was the poorest man in the Senate. It is such <laughs> that is cognizance of guilt right there. He was playing a game every single step of the way. So uh, Tom Steyer is a fascinatingly weird guy. Uh, number one, he never blinks. Uh, that was odd. And number two, uh, he represents a lot of what, well, I hate the idea of white privilege, I, I, I think it's a myth, that kind of thing. But privileged white people love to talk about their white privilege and how they have to give up all the stuff that they got. Are we ready with this? Okay. Um, they love to talk about how, you know, I had opportunities that nobody else had, and I'm sorry, and I want to give it all back, and other people should have more. You know, speak for yourself, rich guy. There, are, you know, The problem with this is his attitude which sounds really generous and uh, kind of like very virtuous to the smart set, to the reporters out there, to the people who are writing the narratives, like this is the kind of stuff you're supposed to say. Problem is it has a trickle-down effect. You know, if you work in the bus depot and you happen to be a straight white male, you don't want to hear this guy putting down straight white men. Oh, but I'm a straight white man. Yeah, I don't care. You speak for Tom Steyer. This is, uh, this is dangerous stuff. It should have been repudiated, but instead it infected the entire culture. Go ahead. It may feel like the deck is stacked against you, because it is. Centuries of discrimination and racism have created economic and social inequality, particularly for communities of color. As a wealthy, straight white man, I recognize the privileges afforded me. But these shouldn't be privileges. They should be rights accessible to everybody. I'll continue to fight for the right to learn, the right to clean air and water, the right to health care, the right to earn a living wage, and the right to an equal vote for everybody. Well, the first thing you should do is get rid of that mansion because it's sucking up carbon dioxide, monoxide, whatever. Your carbon footprint is way too big. Rich guy. You know, he's going to free you. I'm sorry for all these privileges I have. You should have the same privileges. If you want to be a straight white male, well, you can't. I mean, it depends what you were born as. Uh, but there are a lot of us out here, and I don't like it when they take on that kind of attitude. And that is, you see it. It feels like I am so powerful. I am so secure that I can talk about the essence of who I am and say somehow it's a limiting factor. That is, um, and this is where Joe Biden is staying right now. This is, uh, this is the, um, the accommodations. What a weird thing. Why would he be staying with this guy? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And oh, he's finally paying. That's, that's, that's a diff, that's different. 
Hey, do you know the population of the world is going down? The population has leveled off in some countries and is actually decreasing in others. It's not increasing enough here in New York. Uh, and in, uh, well, we got plenty of migrants coming in, but uh, nationally, we're screwed. Uh, there are not enough people paying into the Social Security system. In Japan, they got a total crisis on their hands. Not enough babies are being born. The same thing is happening in China, in Western Europe. Um, and I do believe a lot of this is happening by design. These cultural, these, uh, these, uh, what do you call them? Global, uh, activists, climate activists, nut jobs. They want people to not procreate. And that's one of the reasons why they're pushing the trans agenda so aggressively. Cause trans people tend not to have children, right? I mean, that's kind of their priorities seem elsewhere. And most of them seem intent on eradicating their reproductive capacity. Although some, Believe it or not, some don't. There are like two or three, what do they call? I don't know what a trans man is versus a trans woman. I actually don't know. What is the, I mean, what was the beginning? If you're a trans woman, I guess, I don't know. I don't want to know. Um, but I guess if in this scenario, if a woman became a man, there's a, a situation where they could keep the uterus and become pregnant. Ergo, a man can become pregnant. Now, that's very, very rare, even in the trans community, but it is done. It's a, it's a way to argue for even more, I don't want to call them rights, for more wacko special treatment. Um, but bottom line, the emphasis on trans and LGBTQ is, I do believe, kind of against population growth, right? And that's what the globalists, many of them, especially the climate set, they don't want the population growth. So the LGBTQ, and you know what? I've had it with that flag. I'm sorry. I want to see the American flag. I don't want to see that damn thing anymore. Uh, I'm not, uh, what do you want, what do you want to call me? I'm not a homophobe. I'm not anything. Okay. But this, it's too much about your sexuality. I, like that Tom Steyer guy, I happen to be straight. That doesn't make me less of a person. Somehow Tom Steyer thinks it makes him less of a person. We don't have a He-Man Woman Haters Club flag, do we? Right? Remember that in the Little Rascals? It was so stupid, such a notion, that it was on a kid's show. We don't do that kind of stuff because we're adults. LGBTQ is really a very childish, childish way to uh, look at the world, isn't it? Uh, there's one other thing here. De Blasio is going around feeling sorry publicly for Rudy Giuliani. He says, oh, wow, Rudy really lost his way and I feel bad. And, you know, De Blasio, you, you aren't one one millionth the man that Rudy Giuliani is. Seven years after Rudy left the mayoralty, he ran for president. And for about a year, he was the number one candidate. He was the leading candidate for president. He ran a very credible race for president of the United States. You had a dropout in disgrace in a crowded primary for a miserable little seat in the Congress. You couldn't even hack that. You couldn't even get that. What does that say for your political skills, huh? Zero. Remember when you showed up in Iowa volunteering for Hillary Clinton? Uh, the nerve of this guy calling up a reporter saying how sorry he feels for Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani is fine. He's never been better. He's going to win. He is going to win. They have messed with the wrong guy. Believe me, he is. I can't wait to see this guy go to work. All right. On that prosecutor, on the rest of them. He is, he is that good. Hello, Sandra. Yes. Hi. Oh, 
good afternoon. Oh, and I know you don't like when people say that, but <laughs> um, I wanted to say that um, Jack Sardarelli sent me an audio this morning. I was very flattered. And he talks about not keeping secrets from the parents in the school districts. And he talks about Governor Murphy and the Attorney General, how entrenched they are with the progressives. All right, hold on a second. Who, wants- who are you talking about? Uh, Jack Cittarelli. You oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cittarelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, you ran for governor, right. The one that uh, Phil Murphy said was a white supremacist in one of the lowest moments I've ever seen in politics. Murphy. Wow, he almost got beat by Cittarelli. Yeah, anyway, good man. What else? Well, he's a good man, and I'm wishing that maybe you can have him on your show. Okay, we'll look into that. Ready. We'll look into that. What else is going on? Oh, what else is going on? All right, Chris Christie. You know, he talks about um, Donald Trump being uh, a coward not to go on the debate. He won't go on Mark Levin's show. He's afraid. So he's, <laughs> you know, I don't know what to say about A lot him, of people, you know what, um, at Mark Levin, a lot of people are afraid of showing up on Mark Levin's show. He would decimate them. But although I think Mark would be kind of courteous, you know, I mean, very few people take him up on his offer, right? Uh, they are afraid. And Chris Christie, gosh, the nerve of that guy who tried every step of the way to get Trump reelected. He was there for debate prep. He was there at the White House routinely. He was on some, uh, what was that? He was on some board about the um, uh, oxycodone or fentanyl or something like that. What else was he doing? Begging for a job. He wanted something big. He wanted to be uh, chief of staff. He wanted to be uh, secretary of state, something big. Uh, but he wouldn't get it. Uh, Trump uh, didn't trust him. And Jared Kushner didn't trust him, and for good reason. It's all in Jared's book, by the way, uh, the gratuitously mean nature of uh, Trump. I'm sorry, not Trump, of um, some think that they're wrong, but of Chris Christie, what he did to his father. You know, the way he he tried to get him in jail, uh, he, he did get him in jail, but he tried to keep him there longer, really unnecessary. I mean, this is not a guy who posed any threat. It was a family dispute, really. And yeah, he went too far. The father, I think his name was Charles, but um, no. And oh, by the way, after the Access Hollywood tape came out, uh, Christie was nowhere to be found. Most of those guys went running. They all went running. I could have. I wish I was. Um, I wish I was more in the orbit back then. I could have defended that tape. Listen to the tape. What's the problem? I don't see any problem. Well, he, he's bragging about assaulting women. No, he is not. No, he is not. The entire world missed actually what my wife heard. He said, when you're a star, they let you do anything. Let you. Let you. L-E-T. Consent. Consent, Sandra. That's a very very important point that the entire world missed. Uh, But my wife didn't. Thank you, Sandra, very, very much. Um, There's one other weird thing that happened in Hawaii yesterday we should get to. just overall gibberish, I understand, at the start of that press conference. Cut three. Hello, people of Maui. Senator Maisie, by the way, Maisie, I told my granddaughter, whose name is Maisie as well, she said, that's why I like her anyway. But her name is Maisie as well. Hey, Rick, uh, when we talked on the phone, I never, I, you look like you played uh, in defensive tackle for uh I don't know who, but somebody good. But at any rate, I want to thank you for your leadership. Oh, man, give it up, dude. Come on. You're just trying to make all these, you know, associations. You can't bring it home. You can't 
never deviate. They give him a big script and he thinks he can go off mic or go off script and, and walk and work the room. Because he thinks, if you ask him, and he said this before in a book called What It Takes back in 1988, his big ability, the thing that he does really, really well, according to Joe Biden, is connect with people. That's what he does. He connects with people. Did you know one of the reasons why there's so much shoplifting in California? I mean, it's happening here, but California seems to have a much worse problem. Uh, they voted on this thing. Proposition 47, it elevated uh, the threshold for felony shoplifting from 450 bucks to $950. So if you steal something less than basically $1,000, it's not a felony. And given the way the situation with law enforcement out there, you're not going to get re- arrested on a misdemeanor. It's one of the reasons why Gavin Newsom will never be president. Yeah, he's got the hair. Yeah, he's fit and trim. Uh, you know, got the, he's got all that. He looks like Joe Biden did, um, 35 years ago. Um, and he's, he's probably just as dumb. He's a bit more, he's a bit smoother. But there are all kinds of, uh, we have all kinds of clips of him talking about how they're going to conquer the problem of homelessness, how they're going to conquer the problem of drugs. And if you look at the city where he's the mayor, San Francisco, if you look throughout the state, the housing crisis there, um, uh, the criminality, uh, absolutely no chance. So keep an eye. Everybody knows Joe Biden can't do it. I mean, everybody knows. So they are in crisis mode. They're thinking, what are we going to do? And I already know how it's going to play out. Uh, how's it going to play out again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama will be uh, will be the pick. Uh, what's up, Ted? Hi. Oh, yeah. I was wondering, do you think Michelle uh, I uh, was wondering, do you think Michelle Obama is qualified to be president? No. Good. That's Thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. Joseph in Fairfield. What's up? Gregory, Mr. Kelly. Uh, yes. Um uh, I'd like to make uh, a connection of all these destructive events possible that have happened in the last two years. The, the burnings, the food pricing plants. Somebody called you up about a year and a half ago about that. Yeah, I was very uh, dismissive at the time. Now I'm all ears. I, uh, something yeah. very strange is happening. Very, very strange. Keep going. I want to quote something from uh, Einstein, great philosopher and physicist. He said, coincidence is God's way of, rain- of remaining anonymous. Well, the evil one, the demonic one, maybe is anonymous too. And with all these destructive events that are happening, I'm not saying it comes from the devil, but it comes from evil, uh, evil intentions. Uh, the fires in, in, in Maui, if you see them, as you were describing them, look like an at, like a bomb hit it. Uh, they don't look like a natural fire. And, uh, what initiated it, the fires, the, the, uh, the realments, uh, of the, of the trains, East Palestine, East Palestine, uh, the, the fires, the food processing plants, uh, chicken farm up here in Connecticut, 100,000 chickens, cow farms. It, it doesn't make sense that they can all be uh, coincidental. Hey, man, listen, uh, <laughs> I am, I am, I'm listening, and I think you may be onto something. Uh, last time we had COVID, maybe this time it's going to be a bit more um, elaborate and disparate, but uh, I'm not ruling anything out. Uh, thank you very, very much, Joseph. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, I'll be right back. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
Joe Biden is out there boasting about how uh, they forgave $100 billion in student loan debt. And he doesn't care how many lawsuits, he doesn't care what the courts say, he did the right thing. It's a lot of money, and it ain't his. You know, I, I met this guy yesterday, his name was um, Mr. Finn, and he happens to live on Lake Tahoe, and the guy's been working his entire life, uh, very successful. He explained to me what he did. I wasn't, it was, he, he developed some sort of product and a financial thing, and um, I don't know, whatever it was, it was very, very good, labor-intensive, Worked and slaved and finally got himself a, uh, a house on Lake Tahoe. His family had been around Lake Tahoe, but, uh, this place is like magnificent. He's got a really big place on Lake Tahoe, got it five years ago and it's his. He owns it and, uh, it's wonderful. And now his new neighbor is Joe Biden staying right across the lake on the Nevada side. This guy's on the California side, Lake Tahoe. I've never been to Lake Tahoe, but he was telling me that. Usually, uh, during the summer, there are like so many boats, people water skiing like crazy all over the place. Um, it's a ghost town. It's a ghost lake. Nobody's out there because of the fuel costs. Too expensive to fill up those boats. And it's not like the Hamptons. It's not like parts of New York. It's actually not as rich as you might think. Yes, yeah, sure, there are some ham, uh, some mansions on the shoreline. Uh, but, uh, most people don't have all that much money. So very few people are, are boating. And then we were just commiserating a little bit, and the, the idea that this man, who has made such a success in the private sector, who knows how to make a payroll, who knows how to, you know, run an organization, private industry, that's tough. You got to make your overhead, you got to pay your rent, you got to do 15 million different things to make a successful business. What do you have to do when you're Joe Biden? You know, when he was bragging in Maui, he was in Senator uh, Kennedy's office. He was borrowing Senator Kennedy's office. Uh, when he couldn't use his office, and then he got his office. Who was paying the rent? This is your. Uh, we were paying the rent, right? Everything he's ever done has been subsidized by us. Um, his entire life, all that stuff he bought with it too. His, uh, his, uh, his houses or whatever. Now, granted, he was getting a lot of money on the side. He was getting a lot. Of, but Joe's version of the story is he just uh, no. That's that's us. And now this man with zero. Zero uh, private sector experience. It's calling the shots for the entire economy. That is so warped and wrong. Um, it's it, We've seen it before. Barack Obama, what did he know about the private sector? I think the only job he had, well, he had no job. The only like semi-respectable job he had before he got into politics, he was an ad, he was a night professor for a law school, night professor. All the way up until like 2003, he's the next president of the United States, and he's uh, whatever. He didn't know anything about much, right? Um, uh, we have so many examples of that. You know, you got to go way back in history. Well, not that far. Trump had real-world experience in something, uh, like master class-type experience. Like if he weren't in politics, he'd be doing something that very few people in the world could do, right? What other president can say that? Barack Obama, certainly not. Um, who? Bill Clinton? No way. Uh, career politician. Uh, George W. Bush? Pfft, it's a joke. You have to go all the way back. Even Ronald Reagan, as much as I like Ronald Reagan, he wasn't that much of an actor. Uh, you got to go all the way back to Dwight Eisenhower, somebody who had world-class experience in something other than running for office. 
and he was a master military strategist and tactician, um, world class. He didn't need politics for his success, right? He brought his success to politics. All these guys do it the other way around, and it's sad. And it's sad. How much more time do we have to go? A, ye- a year and four months till Trump. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Former DHS Secretary Jay Johnson, someone who has held your role before, has told me he believes the climate crisis may be the greatest threat to U.S. national security. Do you agree with that? I think it is one of the most prominent threats that we face. I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at illegal migrants coming to this country right now. That it's happening right before our eyes. And this guy, Department of Homeland Security Secretary. Climate change. You know, that's so outside of his job description. <laughs> Same goes for Joe Biden. It's so outside his job description to worry about transgender youth. In fact, his obsession with that suggests that there may be a disorder uh, inside Joe. All right. Uh, you know, they get political points amongst themselves talking about these um, ludicrously insignificant issues. And this is another ludicrously insignificant issue. White supremacy. All right. I hate white supremacy. You know the drill, but it ain't a factor. And when this guy says what he's about to say to um, woke joke, Jonathan Capehart on MSNBC. Sorry, Jonathan. Great clothes. But man, oh, man, you have just lost it. Uh, go ahead, please. Any moment now. Uh, MSNBC. Do you ever watch it during the weekend? It's really to be avoided, but, um, but here we go. The president yesterday uh, at his commencement uh, for the Howard University graduates called white supremacy uh, uh, the, the major domestic terror threat in this country. Is that correct? Uh, it tragically is. You know, um, in the terrorism context, domestic violent extremism is uh, our greatest threat uh, right now, individuals are driven to violence because of ideologies of hate, uh, anti-government sentiments, false narratives, personal grievances and the like. And regrettably, we have seen a rise in white supremacy. No, we haven't, actually. No, we haven't. It's a myth. It's a phantom. And he says it because Joe Biden wants to say it to stir up black people to get them more upset, some of them, than they already are. You know, what happened to America when 17 Democrats running for president in 2019, running for the Democrat primary, trying to show how far left and how woke, competing for the wokest and the most leftist, they all raised their hands and said, we should be paying reparations for slavery. It's making a lot of people... I mean, patriotism, allegiance to America, when you go around bad-mouthing America, saying it's inherently racist, critical race theory, everything is racist, it's going to make a lot of black people really, really upset, falsely so. Talk about misinformation. And have you seen the videos? Forget the videos. Have you seen the statistics? Black on white crime is 43.2 times more likely than white on black crime. 43.2 times. But you keep chasing down that white supremacy, Secretary Mayorkas, how they haven't impeached this guy yet. Although that's coming. That's coming. All right.
Leaving that totally aside, this Aaron uh, Rodgers guy who we got from the Packers, he's now on the Jets, right? This is going to be one of the biggest crash and burn scenarios uh, ever. Worse than the Hindenburg. This guy is going down. I can feel it. Uh, Mike DeDino, though, he's the expert. He's our sports guy. Mike, I am not impressed with this guy. Uh, are you? What's going on, Greg? Thank you for having me back. Yes, I am very excited for Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets this season. I'm curious to know why you are not. Well, number one, you're the expert. So how old is this guy? Is 39. Like, it's too old. Everybody knows. And I here's the thing. He's a druggie. He's using drugs. Now, I know most of the NFL uses drugs. All right? I mean, they're all smoking pot. But this guy is dabbling in psychedelics and mushrooms. And, you know, he's on this whole, I love you, man. You know, hugging it out with everybody. Uh, there's just a crazy look in his eye, too, right? He's just, you got to have the eye of the tiger. This guy looks spacey. I'm on the Aaron Rodgers bandwagon. Yeah, he does some out-of-pocket activities, going on his retreat, whatever that was. He probably does try some drugs, the mushrooms, all that stuff. But, hey, man, he's he's a four-time MVP. He's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. And I actually think, I look in the mirror, and I actually believe this, I think the Jets will win the Super Bowl this season. Well, that would be nice, I guess. I don't really care, but uh, it would be nice. They're not playing it at a gi- gi- giant stadium, are they? No. Where are they playing it this time? The Super Bowl this year? Where is it this year? I honestly don't. As I long think- as it's not a giant stadium, which was like the worst choice, I thought. It was cold. you got to have it somewhere where it's warm. Yeah, I believe it. It's it's out west somewhere. All right. Well, listen, I think you're a 1,000% wrong about this guy and the Jets, for that matter, but uh, you are the expert. Wait, the other thing about him, yeah, the, the, he's too jolly. I think you got to have the eye of the tiger. you got to be a little bit, uh, you know, you got to be hungry. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be a little bit mean. And he's, he's your just, type of guy, though. He's a Republican. Uh, first of all, I'm not a Republican, Mike. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I mean, my kind of guy, he's a Republican. Half the country is a Republican. Half the country is not my kind of people. I don't know. I mean, that doesn't, uh, is he? I'm surprised he hasn't been kicked out of the NFL. Is Roger Goodell okay with that? He's the wokest guy in the world. Remember, the NFL stands with Black Lives Matter. Man, forget it. Oh, now you got me going on that. Remember that stupid video he made in the basement of his beach house trying to pretend that he's all, you know, down with the people and that he doesn't make $50 million a year? Let me ask you something. Do you actually go to the Jets uh, locker room ever? Yeah, I've been there before. All right. Don't get hooked on that. All right. Because then you fall into their little orbit and their little world and they watch you like a hawk, everything you say. And because mm-hmm. I'm getting that a little bit, that you got to be like, OK, with the corporate. Do you have to be OK with that corporate house a little you, bit? You do. You do. Yeah, yeah, you see, you you're not keeping it real. You're not keeping it real. Oh, you, I always you, keep it real. Screw those guys. What have they done for you? Do they give you free tickets? No, they don't give you anything. I actually had a I don't know how much I should get into it, but I will say some of the teams because I go over, I go to the stadiums. I've been to the Yankee games. I've been to the Met games. I've been to the Jets. I've been to the Giants game. They're very structured in how they run their operations. They don't want you talking negative about the teams. They want you being very by the book. Yeah, it's like that guy who was in uh, what Baltimore, the Orioles announcer. Oh my! God. He said something you know remotely. It was just analytical. He was just mm-hmm. saying they lost and they kicked them off. Uh, they kicked them off. They kicked them out of the broadcasting box. Yeah, they box. got a lot of heat for that Well, they one. should have. But look, don't fall prey to it. It's like covering politics. You know, you tell these guys what to do. Screw them. So if you're you know? me, what do you do? You watch it on TV. You, you don't can... go to the field. You don't cover the games. Not necessarily. Because... I mean, I don't know what your end game is, but you have a lot more situational awareness when you watch a game on television than you do when you're at the field. Much more situational. You can see more. You uh, The instant replay you can watch. You know, you can become an expert um, on football, like mm-hmm. 
It's one of the few things you don't have to leave the house to do. I do agree with that. But you, can you just don't sit get there. that locker room access, that one-on-one interview. You see, type. no, but we don't – like if I want to see that guy interviewed, there are a million but places million, to go. You're right. There are a million places to go. It's very hard to distinguish yourself. And then you got to be a kiss-ass. Mm-hmm. You have to play their game, not the game of the fans. You know, not – not uh yeah, so mm-hmm. – I would I would suggest you avoid those people. They're nice people. Do the Johnsons still own the Jets? Yeah. I actually like those guys, but as far as the G, I don't know who the manager is. I don't know who the coach is. I know you do, but don't fall in with that crowd because they're going to try to control you. And and before you know it, you know you'll be on every bandwagon the Jets say you should be on. Now, be honest. There's got to be some reservations about Aaron. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you're probably not old enough, but I can't imagine a time in American history where we would be excited about a known psychedelic drug user coming to a football team. And, oh, by the way, talking up psychedelic drugs. Like, you know, hey, kids, be like me. I mean, I, there's something really wrong with that. This guy, he should not be talking about kids. He should not be talking to kids. Kids should not be wearing the name of uh, sports figures on their shirts. Um, it's just, it's so warped and weird. So, anyway, uh, yeah, that's what do you think about all that? I think you bring up some interesting points. I'm on the Aaron Rodgers bandwagon. I think it's just because at the end of the day, nobody really cares about the person. He may be off the field. Nobody really, personally, I obviously don't know him off the field, but if he comes to New York and he wins, everybody's going to love him. And that's the, I guess you could call it a problem with sports. It doesn't matter about your past. It doesn't matter what you stand for. It doesn't matter what you do off the field. If you help the team win, you will be loved. So, yes. So with all that said, it doesn't matter what he says to you in the locker room. And anybody, you know, we're all going to see it on the news anyway. Mm-hmm. I notice that they don't do any exclusives for the most part. It's just a big press conference around the guys, uh, you know. I know the main players, they don't want, like, the reporters getting too close to. Yeah, and then, then they have that stupid press conference, like, this guy's the secretary of state. Get over yourself, coach. You know, you're a high school football coach who got lucky. Not that there's anything wrong with being a high school football coach, but you get paid millions and millions of dollars to uh, to play a child's game. I mean, I think so. I really don't. I mean, starting I'm, to get the feel you're not going to watch the Jets Week One Monday night at nine eleven against the Buffalo I, Bills. I uh, very impressive, dude. Very impressive. But no, I may catch it going around the dial, watch for a few minutes. I mean, but I'm not going to see. I don't bet on games. Mm-hmm. Do you? You know, I do here and there. No, I mean, I, I forgot. Do you? I, I, I do. That no, I, is one way I could get into it. I mean, if you put real money on, then you become an expert real fast. You do. And you just like, you know, but, but then it's I, never enough, right? You always want more even when you yeah, win. You're going to wind up like Craig Carton over yeah. there. Although, hey, oh, things, seem, things seem to have worked out for Craig Carton. Hey, just run a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> well, I don't. What what did he really do? I don't know. He's a very good broadcaster and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, he actually went to jail. Went to jail. That's pretty wild. But, I mean, it's like it never happened. No, because he is. I Say whatever you want about Craig. I don't. Love him as a person, but he is a great radio host, and that's why he got another chance because he brings the ratings in, and that's why he got a bag from Fox Sports. So, a uh, what from Fox? Fox a Sports? bag, a lot of money, a big bag of money a bag from, from Fox, Fox Sports. Sports. Well, you sports guys will listen to anything. <laughs> I'm only no. kidding. No, I mean, I, so what? Tell us a little bit about your uh, website. So yeah, wabcsportsradio.com. We're uh, posting on the website every single day sports articles for the most part. Jets, Mets. Yankees. I miss Francesa. I guess does he have that podcast? He I remember still does him. a podcast. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't do podcasts very much. Um, why was he so controversial? I always thought he was interesting, and um, he didn't. He was a guy who didn't seem at all like taken with management. He didn't seem to owe anybody anything. He was talking right to the fans. 
which I'm sure these guys do, and they are very good at what they do. But I don't know. I, I, th- I thought he was like really special. Mike was, uh, I was a big fan of Mike. I mean, I, you know, growing up, I listened to him a lot. He was kind of the guy that made me want to get into this field. He had the number one radio show in the number one market in the number one time slot for like 10 to 15 years. So you can say whatever you want about him, but he's a radio genius. Say whatever you want about him. You make it sound like I've been dismissing no, him or you, insulting just, him. I, think I mean, the general public. Oh, well, he used to fall asleep sometimes during his number one radio show in the number one time slot in the number one, right? He used to fall asleep. I don't know. I mean, that, that was something. I did see those videos. That was pretty wild. I think the general public has a, a, a negative tone when it comes to Mike Francesa. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's a negative tone. You can't tone. please everybody in this world. Look at Trump, you know? All right. Mike DiDino, many, many thanks. We'll be right back. Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. Uh, that crazy former Suffolk County police chief, James Burke, has been arrested again. Arrested, charged with offering a sex act and public lewdness. Wow. Now, he just got out of prison for something kind of sex-related. He beat up a guy who found his sex toys in the back of his car and then engaged in a conspiracy to cover it up. He just got out of jail. He spent uh, several years in prison. And then then he's out. And what happened? Now, let's see here. What the hell did happen? I'm going to go to News 12. They're pretty good here. Officials say former Suffolk Police Chief James Burke has been arrested. Officials say at approximately 10.15 a.m., Burke was arrested at the Suffolk County Vietnam Veterans Memorial Park. 10.15 10.15 in the morning? Cruising for sex at the Vietnam statue? What the hell? What kind of scene is out there? According to officials, Suffolk County Park Rangers targeted response unit arrested Burke. Burke has been charged with offering a sex act, public lewdness, indecent exposure, and criminal solicitation with additional potential charges pending. Burke was previously convicted in 2012 for beating a suspect in police custody and covering it up. He was sentenced to a a 46-month term in jail, prison. Huh. Now, you know, Burke is accused and long suspected of kind of hampering and interfering and thwarting the Gilgo Beach serial murder investigation. The word was that he was involved in all kinds of stuff with prostitutes. This certainly lends credence to that theory. Uh, and he didn't want the FBI snooping around, uh, Suffolk County prostitutes because the name's, the name James Burke might pop up. And he was telling the FBI, beat it. We got this. Don't bother us. Uh, instead of looking for all the help they possibly could have used. I mean, that case should have been solved many, many, many years ago. Makes you wonder if uh, if he hadn't uh, meddled, which I think he kind of did. I mean, it's an allegation. Did I have I seen the direct evidence? No, but you know, people talk, right? People talk, and that's what they say. I want to go to Newsday, uh, Suffolk County. The arraign. Okay, let's see if there's anything uh, approximately. Uh, yeah, charged with offering the sex act. Suffolk County District Attorney Ray Tierney. Oh yeah, he's the guy who got the the Gilgo Beach guy. Good guy, Ray Tierney, and also the commissioner. Rodney Harrison, great guys. But uh, Ray Tierney confirmed Burke was in custody and told Newsday his office is awaiting the charging documents. Uh, it's unclear when Burke, 58, would be charged. Burke was released from federal prison in November 2018 after serving most of his 46-month sentence for beating a handcuffed man who had stolen a duffel bag from his vehicle and then orchestrating a cover-up of the assault. 
Burke, who was Suffolk County's highest-ranking uniformed officer for four years, was arrested in 2015 after he was indicted on charges of obstruction of justice. Da, da, da. Okay, it's all about the old case. Um, this is really weird. Now, what did he do? I can't tell if he was trying to hire a prostitute or if he just met somebody. He's charged with indecent exposure. Indecent exposure and solicitation. Was it? We don't know. if Actually, they're not mentioning anything about prostitution here. Did you know that in Brookhaven, there's a Suffolk County Vietnam Veterans Memorial, and that's a place that people would go to hook up at 1015 on a Tuesday morning? Does it have that kind of reputation? Certain certain spots. Remember that park in Beverly Hills where um, George Michael was, um, you know, arrested? <laughs> Uh, similar kind of circumstances. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not laughing here. It is interesting that James Burke. We were just talking about him in the aftermath of Rex Hoyerman. By the way, whatever happened to Rex Hoyerman? <laughs> I mean, we caught the Gilgo Beach guy allegedly, and uh, not a word. Everybody was talking about that guy globally for about uh, ten days, and then mums the word. I guess he was in court. He pleaded not guilty. All right. That's all I got here. Federal prosecutors said in a pre-sentencing memorandum that Burke's cover-up scheme included the recruiting of high-ranking officials from other county agencies to assist him in the obstruction and to give teeth to his threats. Suffolk County Police Department members who witnessed the assault came under direct and extreme pressure from the defendants and others to conceal it. Yeah, the DA got in trouble too, right? Spoda? Um, wow. Newsday has reported that Burke collects an annual pension of a hundred and forty-five thousand dollars, four hundred, a hundred and forty-five thousand four hundred eighty-five dollars. Wonder if that's tax-free. Sometimes the pensions are tax-free if you work it a certain way. Man, does anybody know who this guy is? It's not as visible as, say, the New York City Police Commissioner, but uh, people in Suffolk County remember this guy. Weird, right? Well, he is kind of a weird guy. All right. Well, I'm sorry to see anybody go through any kind of trouble. Uh, but James Burke, former chief of Suffolk County, busted on some sort of sex charge. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <laughs> Maybe I'm too online. Maybe I've got too many accounts going. I got Twitter. I got Truth Social. I got Facebook. And all day long, I'm inundated with all kinds of videos of all kinds of things. I mean, you name it. Uh, just any 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 activity you can conceive of, you will see it on uh, online, and it's just coming at you fast and furious. Everything from like a beautiful girl on a beach to um, uh, a praying mantis eating a slug uh, to Richard Nixon bowling um, to uh, you know, a hot dog eating contest and. Uh, some of it's the most disturbing thing, though, that I've seen, and I keep seeing it. Um, they've messed with the algorithms. Girls fighting girls on um, on the street. It's it's terrible, and there's so much violence out there. I I, I have to say, it's got to be new. I don't remember seeing this many fights when I was growing up. Uh, we didn't have many fights. There were the threat of fights. I'm going to kick your ass, you know that kind of thing. But there weren't. It didn't actually come to uh, blows all that often. It was more of a pushing match. Granted, I went to a rather genteel high school as far as these things go. 
You know, nobody was packing knives or anything like that. It was, um, but still, and I'm looking at these videos and it seems to be happening, you know, at high end, high end high schools, lower end high schools happening on the street. Uh, what is that all about? And you never almost ever see anybody say, break it up, you know, break it up. That was like, as soon as you start, you started fighting back then, people would say, uh, break it up. You can't, you can't do that. Now it just kind of goes on and on and on and on and on. Uh, anyway, do you guys know who Billboard Chris is? Billboard Chris, I think he's from Canada. He's an interesting guy. He goes around confronting, um, well, pro LGBTQ people, particularly T people who really seem fixated on, uh, children. And that children should have the rights to permanently change their body, take puberty blockers, all that stuff, remove their uterus, remove their penis without even informing the parents. Now, obviously, that's insane. And uh, Billboard Chris, <laughs> he has a big billboard. He literally you know, like they wore like on strike in the olden days, like a big billboard on his front and on his back. And he says things like, you know, children cannot consent to puberty blockers. And he goes around and he has discussions with people who don't feel that way. And sometimes the conversations are uh, really interesting. And, and sometimes the person just withers, not Chris, but whoever he's talking to. Do we have this all ready to go? Billboard Chris in action with an assist, I believe, by James Klug, who's also very good. Go ahead. Children cannot consent to puberty blockers. What are your thoughts? I think they know what they want in life at a young age. They feel it. Yeah, what does and that mean to for a 10-year-old boy to feel like a girl, for example? That's how he feels. So I think we should allow him to be free to feel the way he wants to feel. Okay, but what does it mean to feel like a girl? I don't know. So you I don't, don't know and you're a grown woman. Uh, how would we yeah. expect a 10-year-old to know what it is okay. to feel like a girl. What society says a girl is, we like, you know, the color pink, for instance. We like uh, dolls. We like shoes and clothes and nail polish and do our hair. So stereotypes know? determine whether we are a girl or a boy? <laughs> wow, you're, you're really confusing me. I don't know. Well, those are the stereotypes. You're asking like, the wrong person. But the color pink doesn't determine if... No, it doesn't. I just girl, think or it's, if the boy it's plays with Barbies, that doesn't feeling. make him a girl. Like if, if they feel that they're uh, a girl stuck in a boy's body, then we should embrace that. Oh. Really, really, I'm for it. Do you mind that. if I interrupt really quick? Uh, you know, you're giving basically stereotypical aspects of being yeah. a little girl. If a boy seems to like pink or wear like shoes or anything no, like that, skip that. puberty. I'm not saying to skip puberty. I'm just saying that, like, I have four daughters. And if one of them came to me and said, I feel like I'm a male. you. Mind your own business and let people live their lives. Would you like to talk about it, sir? sir. That's not a very convincing argument. (laughs) I just just feel that they, they should be able to embrace the way they feel. Okay. That's it. So and I. be happy. Yeah. I don't. I don't feel that. You know, who are we to say how they feel? Okay. It's just like if they fall and scrape their their knee, who are we to say that they hurt themselves? That's a great question, Chris. Okay, so let's break this down. This ideology is teaching, as you've mentioned, that potentially children are born in the wrong body. Now, I've been traveling 
North America and a little bit of the world for almost three years having these conversations. Yeah. And whenever I ask people, what does it mean to be born in the wrong body? To this day, not one person has been able to tell me. Because ultimately, this ideology hinges on one thing only, regressive sexist stereotypes. And as you just mentioned a minute ago, having nail polish, liking pink, liking Barbies, these are things that we stereotypically associate with girls. Yeah. But if a boy likes these things, that doesn't make him any less of a boy. No, it doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. Is this guy great so, or what? So what does what? it mean then to Is be born in the wrong Is this guy fantastic? Ball? I love that stereotype. So we're going to give life-altering drugs. If a boy, li- a 10-year-old boy says they like Barbie dolls, maybe that 10-year-old boy is going to turn out to be gay. Maybe that 10-year-old boy is going to grow out of it. Maybe that 10-year-old boy, when they're 18 or 25, will decide, you know what, I want a sex change operation. But to say that 10-year-old boy can take something horrendous like puberty blockers. <laughs> and, oh, you know what's really great? The people come by. This is on the Jersey Shore. And this woman is, she's pleasant enough, you know what I mean? She's being owned by this guy. But then nasty people walk by and say horrible things like that one guy. And here, it's about to happen again. Keep going. I I don't feel that way. Well, maybe there is no such thing. But who are we to say that there is no such thing? Well, we are the adults here to guide the 10-year-olds who are being lied to and who are being told that just because they don't conform to these regressive stereotypes, that there must be something wrong with them. Because telling a child that they were born in the wrong body is an extraordinarily abusive thing to say to a kid. You're telling them. Would, would you like to? Would you like to present an argument that's actually reasonable? Somebody just walked up and said, "F you." What's bigoted about this? You're What's f-ing bigot? You strive on this. What is What is bigoted about saying that children cannot consent He's to, to puberty blockers? He has no. He has no opinion. You have no f-ing opinion. Well, Here you are with the. the f-ing let's hear your opinion. On. Huh? Let's hear your opinion. F*** you, f*** you. How dare you? How dare I validate what? this bullshit? It's what? nonsense. What? Validate what? You. What we, about it? What, why, why don't Why don't you give him an actual convincing right. argument? Okay, so he doesn't want to talk. That's the left for you. who think I'm a loser. <laughs> wow, it's, uh, it's something to watch. People come by and they just get, yeah, screw you, you're MAGA, you're... Uh, but they don't have anything thoughtful to say. This guy is so good, so logical. Uh, I hope he's got everything straight in his own life. You know what I mean? It's sometimes it's very easy to go around, you know, trying to straighten out others or cultural problems, uh, and neglecting things in your own life. It's very easy to call for change in others and really hard to make change in your own life. Have you ever thought of it that way? Melanie? Hi. Oh, hi. Hi, Greg. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I called you once before. So I have two questions. One's on immigration. And the other one is on that, that drug that they're taking, the psychedelic. Which one would you like first? I don't know. Go ahead. Whatever. Okay. Choose. Go. Oh, okay. Let's okay. do the migrants so, first. Okay. So that's what I was wondering. Do you feel, this is what I called you on the last time, do you feel we still are a sovereign nation or the immigration has gotten out of control? Uh, yeah, we're losing we're our sovereignty. A sovereign nation has a secure border, right? We don't have one right now. We are losing our country rapidly. It's an emergency. I don't know what I said the last time, but man, you look at that border. We have no border. Uh, civilization is slipping away. Civilized society is slipping away. A lot of things going wrong right now from the toxic ideology in the schools and the media, but a big component of it are people coming from all over the world who don't subscribe to our I guess former ideology, right? I mean, what is there to subscribe to anymore? 
So, yeah, I don't know. Are we a sovereign nation anymore? Nah, kind of. Not really. My biggest concern is I still want to be the United States of America. And right now, I don't think we are. Um, maybe the states themselves, we have to take action on on the border instead of waiting for the federal government. Because the former the administration now is not taking action. Yeah, well, I mean, there's some of that going on right now. You know what Greg Abbott is doing with his National Guard, and uh, there's the whole federalism debate. But, yeah, I would, if I were governor right now or mayor, man, I would be thinking outside the box and stretching, the, quite frankly, stretching the rules to the limit, all right? <laughs> I would find a way to pull over that bus way outside of New York and say, you ain't coming to New York. I would find a way, and and, and you know, if I found myself in court someday, so be it. But you gotta, you gotta protect this city. You gotta protect this state. And, uh, our so-called leaders are not doing that. What do you want to say about the other thing? Okay. Okay. Let me tell you about this, uh, this particular, um, psychedelic or drug that the football player, is he football or baseball? Who's taking it? Football. And he thinks, okay. All right. Don't tell me it's good. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear. I mean, is it, are you, are you calling to say it's like a good thing? No. Good. No. All right. But, but um, but let me, it's not a good thing. Let me just tell you what I know about it from, you know, I've, I've been in meetings, AA meetings, codependent meetings, this and that. And, you know, you know, for people with drugs, I work with people with drugs. Okay. It's called Oscawana. And it's kind of, um, it's a psychedelic. But they use it. They use it as an antidepressant. So that's why it's being sort of accepted. But it's not good. But at the same time, and again, I don't know the woman's name. She was in Iraq for three terms. And she was a sharpshooter, you know, and and she uses the drugs and she's promoting it because of all the people that come back from post-dramatic stress. And are are veterans who are committing suicide, so they use it as sort of a um, a drug. Look, do you know it's uh, first of all, uh, Oscawana? I I don't know if that's what Aaron Judge is taking or not. There are a lot of different psychedelics out there. I don't know if it's that. That's it. And I'm going to say the veteran thing. You know, I mean PTSD. We almost talk about it too much. Right. We make it an excuse. We make it like this, uh, this almost convenient crutch. We've encouraged people to declare they have it. Not everybody who was in Iraq had the same experience or Afghanistan or Vietnam for that matter. Sometimes I'm, I'm concerned that, you know, we are now labeling an entire class of people, veterans, as somehow hard up. And I'm, I have misgivings about that. And the suicide thing, you know, there's studies about suicide. And there's something called suicide contagion. And there's something about uh, the more you talk about suicide, the more you see suicide. So I don't know if they've had a very honest. Um, well, not I'm not saying they're dishonest, but I don't know if that whole uh, conversation has been helpful. I will say this. You know, you're mentioning Oscawana and this therapy and that therapy. And I know there are therapies and talking and AA and I've been to AA myself. But in my opinion, nothing does, nothing works like the Bible. It's fascinating to me that, you know, I watched that Johnny Manziel documentary, and this guy's got one problem after the next. And I'm like, why doesn't somebody talk to him about God? And he's wearing a cross, and he's not living that kind of life. And I'm like, I don't know, is that just a decoration? I mean, there's so much 
I mean, it's all there. Anxiety evaporated from my life. And I, nothing, I don't, I certainly don't have a perfect life, but I'll tell you one thing, I don't worry. I don't worry. God takes, do your best. God takes care of the rest. Sorry about that to go off on a tangent, but I really believe that. You know, I see all these people with their stories and this and that, and they found this to be really helpful or that to be really helpful. And they're talking about band-aids. They're not talking about the ultimate, the ultimate, uh, force in the universe. God and Jesus can help anybody through anything in my, uh, that, that's my belief. Anyway, Melanie, uh, keep going though. Sorry to cut you off, but does okay. it, do, and, and, and the only other thing I want to say is I love hearing about your little girls. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. She had a little adventure today. And maybe I'll play it for you right after the break. She really did. Um, which one do you like better, the young one or the older one? Oh, um, that's a tough question, right? We love them both. We love them both. And they're so unique. They're so different from each other. Uh, let's have a little baby talk when we get back. Thank you. Bye, Melanie. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, I've been on Biden's case since the very beginning. Uh, I remember when he dropped out of the presidential race in 1987. I remember that well. Uh, I never had any respect for this guy. Listen to this, a new list of all the, there's a partial list of all the BS statements he's made. Biden claimed multiple times he spoke to the inventor of insulin. Multiple scientists are credited with discovering insulin. Two died before Biden was born. <laughs> Biden claimed on multiple occasions he used to drive an 18-wheeler, <laughs> sometimes with a woman he calls Big Mama. Now, Biden rode in an 18-wheeler once, nearly 50 years ago. He's never driven one. Biden claimed he had a house burned down with my wife in it and said they almost lost a couple of firefighters. In 2005, Biden's house had a small fire that was contained to the kitchen. There were no injuries. Biden claimed he was raised in the Puerto Rican community of Delaware. There is no evidence of this, of course. In Delaware, in 1970, only 2,150 people, 0.39% of the state population, were of Puerto Rican descent. Biden claimed he served as a liaison to the Israeli Prime Minister, Golda Meir, during the Six-Day War. Biden was plagiarizing fellow students at Syracuse Law School during the war, and Meir wasn't even Prime Minister. (laughs) Uh, Biden said he remembered spending time and going to the Tree of Life synagogue after the 2018 shooting. The synagogue said Biden never visited. Biden claimed his first job offer came from Boise Cascade, an Idaho lumber company. The company said they have no record of President Biden's application or of him having worked for the company. Biden said he was elected vice president. He was awarded. He awarded his uncle Frank with a Purple Heart. Biden's uncle, who is not a Purple Heart recipient, died in 1999, and Biden wasn't elected vice president until 2008. We can go on all day long like this, all day long, literally. Um, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. And and funny, they say Trump. Trump, he's the liar. He's the liar, right? When he said he had all those uh, – he said he had a mountain of hamburgers for the football team that could go all the way to the moon. He was – obviously, it was truthful hyperbole, and they called it a lie. He had – the chef didn't show up for work, so they went out to McDonald's and got a bunch of burgers for the champion college team. Hey, you want some baby talk? Okay, this is a conversation I had this morning with my older one, three-year-old Annalise, about what her mother was up to. Okay, we can talk. Cause she's, so tell me what's going on. I just, I just came here, so be careful when, when Charger comes. She'll be sad. Ooh. 
Where is mommy right now? She's she's on the Zoom, and she's calling her workers. She's on a Zoom, huh? What's a Zoom? A Zoom is when you call on the computer. Oh, very good, honey. Uh, what are we doing down here? What are we doing? We're we're hiding before Shadow comes. Oh. <laughs> you think she'll be able to find us? Not yet until we, not yet until we come out. All right, so we were hiding under okay. the covers. We were hiding under the covers. <laughs> she insisted that I come under the covers. Hey, she knows what a Zoom call is. Did you hear that? Is when you used a computer to call your the workers. And my wife is on the Zoom a lot. Jaja, by the way, is the babysitter who helps out from time to time. An amazing woman. All right, uh, almost over. Barbara, hello. Hello, Greg. Um, watching President Biden in Hawaii um, just points out more than ever that we have a feeble president. And feeble means lacking in physical strength. It also means lacking in strength of character. We do have a feeble president. And Edmund Burke had something to say about government that was feeble. He said, nothing turns out to be so oppressive and unjust as a feeble government. Wow. Nothing turns out to be so oppressive or unjust as a feeble government? Yes. Huh. Who said that again? Edmund Burke. Edmund Burke. These smart Ed- guys from so long ago. Notice we don't have anybody saying anything nearly that wise nowadays. That's true, but we don't listen and we don't value speech. We use speech as a weapon to beat up on other people. We see speech used and constantly redefined in order to damn people and to cancel them. No one can know what the definition of a term or a word will be anymore because it's changed by those who know that language can be an effective weapon, especially when the media will pick up that language and use it according to the new definition. Wow. Yeah, I know. So much is, it's just crazy. I know we're going to come back at some point. The pendulum is going to swing. They say normalcy. I hope. I pray. We got to work for it. Hey, I heard some guy say, you know who's next for cancellation? Martin Luther King and John F. Kennedy. Why? Well, let's face it. These guys uh, had, you know, they were active romantically. And there's a movement out there right now to say they were misogynists. Okay, that makes them misogynists because they had extramarital affairs. It wasn't great, but I think we can still have John F. Kennedy Airport and still have Martin Luther King Boulevard. Barbara, thank you. I'll see you later.